Good morning. It's Coffee with Lisa again, and we've got a really special guest today named Jennifer Garibay. But before we get into our show, we'll be right back. So Jennifer, uh, for the people that are tuning in right now and don't know who Jennifer is, I had the distinct pleasure of meeting Jennifer prior to Coffee with Lisa uh, with her work with Google. She's a Google recruiter and she was on my other podcast and unfortunately I wasn't able to join her and Lauren but on Culture Uncorked, which is amazing. So go over there if you want to find out how Google is hiring, how they're hiring right, about their culture. Uh, it was a great, great interview. Uh, lots of golden nuggets dropped there. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Google and your work, but I really want to just talk about Jennifer because I know Jennifer has three dogs and you live in El Paso, correct? But were you born and raised in El Paso? So I was born and raised in El Paso, Texas. I've lived in Texas all my life. I briefly yeah. lived in Lubbock, Texas as well for college, but Right now, for the past 16 months, I've been in Austin, Texas, but I did move from El Paso and have uh, lived there for the majority of my life. Awesome. And so what got, so we, you know, my promo about this was you're driving home, it's 4 a.m., you've been stiffed by somebody who was supposed to pay you out and they didn't and give you tips, and you break, you have a breaking point. Um, but that breaking point, I suspect, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this, is what led you to where you are today. So let's talk a little bit more about that. What the hell happened? So that is that is an interesting story, and uh, I'll backtrack to give us a little bit of context here. But um, you know, originally, I was one of those people who grew up never really knowing what I wanted to do. Right? You know, I had always a passion for people a passion for the arts. I, you know, have always loved singing and theater and it's a very big passion of mine, but I decided very early on that I didn't want to pursue it professionally. I didn't want to do the whole starving artist thing and, and scrape to make my life work. I, you know, decided I would pursue business instead because I do have that, uh, you know, more logical framework. So in that regard, I ended up going more medical and really thinking I would be a nurse because everyone in my family was a nurse. And I was like, this will be a good fit for me. I'm good mm -hmm. at science. I love people. Um, so went to school, didn't end up making it into nursing school, even though I had a 4.0, which is a point of contention with me. But, uh, you know, you had to have all these volunteer hours that I wasn't able to attain because I was supporting myself working full time while putting myself through school. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't make it in, into nursing school. It ended up being a blessing in disguise. I'm definitely a firm believer that, that everything happens for a reason, yeah. um, but I didn't make it in. So I ended up pivoting and getting my degree in nutrition, graduated with my degree in nutrition, loved studying it, but felt that there really wasn't too much I could do because once you have a degree in nutrition, you really have to go on to become a registered dietitian to really start to monetize that. So, and again, I was stuck in that position where I'm working full time. How do I go to school full time simultaneously um, in this sort of clinical program where they don't allow you to have a job? It was very right. much like medical school in that way. So I, I find myself with a degree and not knowing what the heck I'm going to do. I'm like 23 years old. Luckily, I had bartended my way through college. And that's how I supported myself while I was in college in school. So I did have that skill set. 
Um, yeah. So I just decided to start doing that in the meantime, you know, bartending is decent money if you're good at what you do. So I decided to do that. But for those of you who aren't familiar, it is exhausting. It's not as glamorous as it seems to be. You know, sometimes it can be. It can be really fun. Everyone wants yeah. to chat with you. Everyone wants yeah. to take their picture with you. Everyone wants to be your best friend. Um, but there's also like that dark side of it that no one ever wants to talk about. Um, yeah. And a lot of shady things that happen in those sorts of businesses. So it wasn't a great environment for me and it felt so toxic. And I was just so tired of being there but I felt trapped because I, I was making decent money as a bartender. And, and every time I tried to pivot and find a more professional career, you know, they're trying to pay you $12 an hour to do, you know, pretty intense work sometimes. Yeah. And, and it wasn't livable. So I broke down and I, I just, you know, was honestly a little depressed for about a month or two, just really searching for roles, working 60 hours a week, feeling just pretty miserable. Um, and it just happened to be that my fiance, uh, he has a best friend who works at Google and he happened to be speaking to him, letting him know how, how sort of miserable I was. And he said, Hey, send her, send, have her send me her resume. So I did, yeah. um, he sent it into the team on a whim. And I, of course, you know, had other experiences, professional experiences alongside my bartending. Um, and they really saw my grit and my passion and decided to give me a chance. I got an interview. I nailed it. And and here we are today. So it well, it really is a a long journey to get me here, but it's been incredible. Well, and 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 that's the best part is the journey, right? The journey is the best part. And I think people often forget to just, even though sometimes it's a struggle and there's a lot of challenges and obstacles and hurdles we have to overcome, but sometimes it's just taking a moment in the journey to enjoy the journey, regardless of what's happening, because. That is where a lot of learning takes place. As Gary Ridge calls them, he's the CEO of uh, WD40, he calls them learning moments. And that's those moments in time really help us nail like an interview with Google. Exactly. So what, what was interesting was um, when I was listening to your uh, podcast with Lauren on the Culture Uncorked, you said, um, you know, you talked a lot about the soft skills, the what I call edge learning skills. Those are the skills that really, you know, your your grit, your resilience, you know, perseverance. Those are skills that are innately internal um, that really will help you catapult. And, and like you said, you said it so eloquently. Grit. They saw my grit. Now, you had the hard skills, but they saw your grit and they hired you. And that was part of the interview process. But what you had also said was that, you know, if you want to get a job at Google, you also need, and this is what I find fascinating. So I, I wanna find out how this happened. You also need a bachelor's degree or an equivalent of work experience. So you had a nursing or you had a nutrition degree, which I'm gonna say is not gonna help you in your Google recruiting position. So how do they go from having a nutrition degree? Is it just that you had a degree and that you got the job or was it a combination of? So for the position I have now, truly, I still don't know what the qualifications were because I went through a staffing agency and I never really yeah. got to see the job description because I just sent it to my friend and he sent it in. But yeah. from the information I've been able to gather, um, the qualifications that were able to get me here was my, you had to have over two years of sort of 
clerical administrative experience. So I was very fortunate. I worked as a property manager for years as well as an event manager. Yeah. Um, and as I was bartending simultaneously, I was also managing a promotional company uh, where we did big promotions for Jack Daniels, Crown Royal, um, other large names within the liquor industry and uh, Diageo's portfolio. So um, that was really the experience I think that got me in the door. You know, the, the grit and the perseverance and everything that definitely came from my my bartending side, but I did have those sort of project management skills and the ability yeah. to really, um, you know, develop relationships and work with people on that, on that business level as well. So it was just the the perfect marriage of skills, I yeah. think, um, yeah. and just some great timing, which is honestly yeah. what it comes down to sometimes as well. Well, and you know, you bring up a really valid point because I think that often we miss um, those opportunities to articulate how each piece of our journey is really impactful for the company that we're trying to get hired by, right? So just because you were working at an event for, you know, um, one of the liquor companies, you had skills in there that were, were relevant to the position that you were hiring for Google. Because let's face, Google would be one of the, you know, that would be a dream job for many people to be hired by Google, right? It's a great place to work, you know, fun there's you know they're always on top of technology and so forth i mean the list goes on and on and on so now that you've been there for a while what uh what has surprised you the most about your job position not necessarily working at google but your job position and what has been the biggest challenge for you wow that is a great question um, well, the challenge comes to mind first, so I'll start with that. Okay. I would say the biggest challenge really for me falls on candidate experience sometimes because it's something that I am such a huge advocate for. Um, yeah. You know, I really believe in, you know, communicating with candidates, sending rejection emails, things like that, which my team does. You know, I'm so thankful because I wouldn't feel good about what I did if I don't communicate with candidates. So very thankful that that piece is there. but. And this is true of any corporate place, so this isn't limited to Google, but just when you work in this sort of environment, I am very limited sometimes in, in what I can say to candidates um, yes. in regards to where they are in process or why they may not move forward. Yeah, or and, legality and, purposes, right? Something right, exactly. 100%. Yeah. And, yeah. and for me, that's honestly what kind of really started my content creation journey because I, I got on LinkedIn originally just to network for my own purposes. And then in networking for my own purposes, I started to realize that I had a lot to share with everyone in regards to the knowledge that I've gained. And, and it started to be a way for me to sort of remedy that challenge. Like, okay, I can't tell them individually what's wrong. So let me try on a larger platform just to help them in general. Let me try to teach them what a great resume is, teach them how to network since I am not allowed to say these things to them specifically. So that has definitely been a great challenge. Um, but I think I've found a, a pretty great way to overcome it. Um, yeah. And I'm and I'm loving what I've been able to produce so far to, to help job seekers along the way in that regard. Well, and here's the thing. I mean, and this is a great segue to talk a little bit more about what you do within your own brand, within your business, within your uh, corporate entity, right? Within being a recruiter for Google. I mean, you're creating content and you're out in the world and under your own brand and you're telling and helping people and supporting people by giving the gift of knowledge, right? And how do you do that? You know, how, 
specifically around hiring, but not always about around hiring. You're not always very technical because I've watched some of your of your um, content, your videos that go out, and you talk about resiliency. You talk about grit. You talk about passion. You talk about how to communicate properly. You know, those are everyday skills that not necessarily are specific to what you do uh, nine to five. And so right now you've got some content coming out that in the new year, which is, I forgot what you called it. So it's going to be our uh, new year, new you live series. Exactly. Exactly. So you can, you guys, if you're watching right now, you can follow, uh, Jennifer on LinkedIn and but let's talk a little bit more about how did you get going live like what what did you have to overcome if there was anything at all to actually press record because I know when I first started uh, doing lives and just pressing record period whether it was live or tape I mean there's a there was a wall that you had I had to overcome I had to you know figure out where the camera was I had to get comfortable in my own skin I had to make sure that it sounded like me not that it was writing for reading from a script or that it was conversational in nature so what are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome and that you're starting in a new brand and you're going to be teaching people how to do this so let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think for me personally, I was uh, very blessed in the fact that I didn't have the same traditional problems in, in regards to content creation that people did. Growing up, uh, you know, being in, in opera and in choir and theater, I'm very much so used to being on a platform, being on a stage, being looked at, and, and that's never bothered me or made me uncomfortable. I've always felt very, very comfortable in my own skin. In fact, I consider it one of my superpowers. I'm kind yeah. of shameless in that way, that I will be 100% myself. And it allows me to move forward in life because a lot of people aren't willing to put themselves on the yeah. line in that way. Exactly. So for me, it was really more so about what are the people in my life going to think? That was really what I had to get past mm. was, you know, because um, yeah. no one, no one on even on my Google team does anything remotely close to this. I am very much so blazing a trail in this way. You know, most of the time people are happy being in their bubble, doing their work. And, and that's, that's interesting it. because you'd think Google is so forward thinking and the team would be so forward thinking that that's interesting that you say that. That actually surprises me. And we're going to get back to your opera, by the way. But keep going. <laughs> yes. So it's just. For me, it was more so like, you know, I've always grown up being very comfortable in my own skin. And so I feel like when you are that comfortable, people sometimes think that you're full of yourself. I've, I've definitely gotten that my whole life. You know, people are often uncomfortable with how comfortable I am with myself. So they'll they'll tear you down or they'll say that you're doing it for the wrong reasons. And so that was really my hang up behind it was what's everyone going to think? Are they going to think? that I'm doing this to seek attention? Are they gonna think that I'm doing this for X, Y, Z? And and it took me a little while to get past it, but honestly, it was just the the job seekers and all their comments just saying like, thank you. Thank you so much. Like I wanted to give up today and you made me wanna keep going. And and well, those really, voices drowned those everything voices, else out. It was really those voices and support from strangers really because you didn't probably many of them you didn't know who they were so you have your family you know and and the worry and the story that you're telling yourself that you know what are they going to think are they going to support me or you know are they going to like what i'm doing or dislike am i 
but then you've got these strangers popping in. And this is where I think the brilliance is and why I think every single person on planet Earth should have their own podcast live streaming. I really, really do. Because that's that what you just said in that one moment when a stranger actually reached out and said, thank you. And thank you for the gift of allowing me to continue to move forward. Right. And I truly believe forward, not perfection. Um, changed everything for you that's yeah. how you overcame that that you know the challenge of the story of what everybody else is going to think about you that's amazing right it was it was really knowing that i was making a difference that solidified yeah. it for me that that yeah. allowed me to be like i really don't care then what anybody else thinks because yeah. i i know my story and my passion and where i'm trying to go and the people who appreciate that are resonating with it and that's all that matters yeah, yeah. they give you the courage right the courage to continue forward yeah wow wow so opera what are you an opera singer <laughs> i um have sung opera in the past never um professionally on the uh stage per se but i have been in the all-state choir the texas all-state choir twice um and we have performed some operatic pieces before so i did grow up uh classically musically trained i i am a singer and it is one of my uh, biggest passions in my life all right all right, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to ask. Sing us a tune, Jennifer, sing us a tune. Sing us a tune. Okay, what, are, what do we want to hear? I'm, I'm at a I'm, loss here. Uh, okay. And by the way, folks, this was not planned. I'm totally putting Jennifer, because I did not know she sang opera. So I am pretty excited about this one. All right, well, opera's not gonna sound good over video. So I'll do something a little bit in a lower register. Why don't we do some, some maybe Patsy Klein. Um, let's do crazy. I'm crazy for feeling so lonely. How's that? Little crooning there for you. That's but. it. So here, here's what you don't know, Jennifer. Here's what you don't know. I love Patsy Klein. Oh, do you? Patsy Cline, Willie Nelson, Tom T. Hall, right? The old, the really good country. Oh yeah. That's one right? of my go-to karaoke songs is Crazy by Patsy Cline. I love that one. Um, also Blue by Leanne Rhymes. That's a really good one yeah, too. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Any, so now any Adele in the, in the portfolio? Ooh, Adele is really hard. She's it got is. a heck of a set of pipes. Um, you know, and it's funny because everyone's voice is so different that yeah. not every person can sing every other artist's songs. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely mm -hmm. much more of like a choral singer, like that angelic type little voice yeah. than that like yeah. Adele bringing the heat kind of, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so do you, so you walk around, when you are at the halls of Google, are you walking around singing and uh, or not? Not typically, you know, I don't share my gift as much as I should. It's it's another one of those things that I was always, um, and, and to be honest, like I hate to throw my sister under the bus because I'm not going to blame her for that. But growing up, to be honest, I think she was always a little jealous of the fact that I could sing and she couldn't. So she would yeah. always make fun of me. And she would, she'd tell me like not to sing. She'd be like, stop showing off, stop showing off. No one wants to hear you sing. And so it made it so that I don't really feel comfortable doing it a lot of the time, unless I'm specifically performing, because yeah. I know in that moment, 
that it's what's expected of me and that no one's going to think anything strange of it. Yeah. So, yeah. Trying to work my way out of that because it is a well, beautiful gift and I would like to yes. share it. You know, so I always said if I had to be reincarnated and come back, what would I come back and be totally a singer, totally a singer. I, You know, I watch American Idol or The Voice or any of them. I'm thinking, oh, my God, if I only like that would so, be so cool to have that gift. It'd be so cool. Oh, it would. It's, it's, it's amazing. I'm looking forward to uh, next year. It's actually my plan to get back onto this stage whenever COVID you know, yep. goes away and we can come be back together again. I, I plan on joining some community theaters here in Austin and, and cultivating my passion once again. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, I am the best shower singer imaginable. Like oh, nobody sure. can beat me in the shower. There's hands down all day long, but <laughs> you know, my daughter is, uh, so I have twin daughters and, and one daughter is very sports orientated and the other daughter, and I have no idea where she gets it from because I'm not musically inclined. Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm not vocally inclined. Musically, I don't know because I've never actually picked up an instrument to actually find out if I could play anything. Um, but my husband is not. You know, we don't have anybody in our family, like our immediate. So I have no idea where she can sing and play. I mean, she picked up the piano and, and in a year she was playing it at, you know, grade six, which apparently is fairly high in piano. So, but anyway, so it, it is definitely a beautiful, beautiful talent to have. So don't, yeah. don't harbor it. Start singing on LinkedIn. Thank you. Actually, I, um, I plan on releasing my first ever like song video clip of me ever on the internet on Christmas. I, I recorded myself singing Silent Night. So I'll be putting that out on Christmas Day for you guys. Well, I think that's awesome. And you know what? What a way to interrupt the feed on LinkedIn because... Um, let me think. I know I've never seen anybody singing on LinkedIn before. Well, we'll try it out. We'll see what you exactly, think. Hopefully exactly. Take it easy on me, okay? It's been a okay, few years. Okay, no You have to send me a quick poke and let me know that you're actually going live on, okay. on LinkedIn. But okay, so let's talk a little bit more. So you got three dogs at home. Yes. Three very hairy dogs. I just finished vacuuming up their hair before this podcast. Um, you talked about you have a healer, a coley, and a pit bull. And you said something to Lauren. And so I wanted to know more about this when you, when you were on the Culture and Cork podcast. You said that you are a foster fail. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> foster fail. A foster fail is when you foster a dog or an animal Yep. in the hopes of, you know, you, you take care of it, they need somewhere for it to rehabilitate and live. So you take care yep. of it. And then you're supposed to give it back to them so that they can yep. find a home for it. Yep. Um, that's the foster part. But I didn't yes. know what the fail part was. That's the foster part. It's when you fail to give the animal back and you decide to oh, keep the animal. Okay. So you you fail at fostering and just become a full blown yeah. dog owner of said dog. That definitely gotcha. happened to us. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, because I'm like foster fail. And then Lauren never asked you what you meant by that. And so you just kept on like, I got to ask her what foster fail is. <laughs> yes. Um, and, you know, we kind of knew when we were fostering, we were going to be foster fails. It was one of those things where it's like, let's foster him. But when we were fostering him, there was like an 80% chance we were going to keep him. It was just making yeah. sure that he was going to get along with our dogs it was sort of the fostering part. Um, and as yeah. soon as we started to hit it off, it was pretty much a done deal. Fantastic. Fantastic. So, 
what's you, you talked about your in February you're coming out with some programs to teach people how to uh, create content so let's talk a little bit about what that what that what, what is that going to look like Jennifer so I offer six to eight week coaching programs. Those are going to be going uh, live in February with my grand uh, official launch of my consulting and my website. So yeah. that is really a lot of mixing and matching. I really wanted my business to be very versatile and I wanted to offer um, different packages based on people's needs. So it's really a matter of like six to eight sessions and we're going to personalize those um, around what you need. You know, if you want to be yeah. a content creator and you really want to network on LinkedIn, we can make half of the sessions about that. And maybe we only do one or two on resumes and interview prep. Maybe you don't need as much help in that regard. Or you know, maybe you have a great following on LinkedIn, but your resume is just terrible and you need a lot of help yeah. there. So it's really just mixing and matching. Um, you know, How can I best support you? How can I empower you to feel more confident in your job search? I'm really approaching my business from the sense of, teach a man to fish rather than give him the fish kind of thing. I, I really yeah. like to walk through things with my clients and teach them, you know, what makes a good resume? What is good networking? That way you don't have to do this in the future. You know, coaching yeah. shouldn't be something where you need to do it all the time. You should be able to learn those skills and then move forward. Absolutely. Well, and personal brand is really important. And I think it's often overlooked, right? Because you might be working for an organization like Google, but you also have a personal brand. And so as a recruiter, are you looking for that diversity in, in individuals that are that you're look that you're finding jobs for about how diverse are they um, outside of the work of the technical skills that you're looking for? I think it's something that can definitely set someone apart. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily the end all be all. I will say if you have amazing work experience at amazing companies and you've shown a lot of impact, you don't necessarily need to have built a personal brand to get a great job, but not everyone is going to have all those, a resume that has all these quote unquote sexy companies on them, you know, the fortune 500 and yeah. those things that are really attractive on a resume. So it's more so in, in that sense, how do you set yourself apart when you don't have those, those, you know, places that look really great on a resume. And that's really when your personal brand is going to come more so into play and what have you been yeah. able to build? So I think it can really set you apart and it's something that is beneficial in, in building, um, because you won't always work at the same company. You know, you want to be able to stand on your own and what you have to offer um, separate of the business or organization you work for. For sure. Well, and I think two people are under the assumption that if you have a personal brand, the goal of a personal brand is to become an influencer and, be, you know, come this thought leader and this subject matter expert in a certain area. But, you know, I know I have clients who have personal brands, but they use it to amplify the organization and what the culture is or what the voice is or what the mission or mandate of that company is and influence products and services and, and even through the sales cycle, right, of, of buying particular products and services. So it doesn't necessarily always have to be about you individually um, trying to become this mega influencer. It's really about setting you apart um, in your career, first of all, and really showcasing your ability to communicate with others and to have relationships and, and those skills that we talked about a little bit as well, right? Uh, those edge learning skills, those grit and resilience and so forth. And so 
you know, it used to be, you know, 10, 10 years ago was be careful what you put on the internet because recruiters are going to go and they're going to look you up. Is that still the case? I think it can be. Um, but I would also say that it is falling by the wayside in a lot of ways, you know, working with recruiters on a daily basis, to be frank, I haven't heard of someone going to someone's like Facebook or Twitter or anything in a long time. I mean, if anything, they focus on LinkedIn if they're going to, um, you know, assess any sort of social media truly. Um, and I think part of that is just how much social media has grown. Like if you were to yeah. try to find Jennifer Garibay on Facebook, there's probably like 200 Jennifer Garibay. Yeah, there was, never know. actually. <laughs> I had to find Jennifer Noel Garibay. Yeah. So exactly. you're absolutely right. Yes. So like trying to find that one specific person, recruiters don't have the time to go looking yeah. through your social media anymore. So uh, LinkedIn is really where it's at in regards to networking and getting your resume in front of the right person. And obviously, if you're an entrepreneur or you're promoting yourself or any of your businesses on social media, you probably want your accounts to remain generally pretty professional. Um, but but no, I don't think that it's, it's scrutinized as much as it as it used to be in regards to your personal accounts. Well, and you make a really valid point, like recruiters don't have time to look at, you know, they've got a stack of and, and it's only going to get worse, not better, considering our economy right now. You know, you have a stack of a thousand resumes. Well, you're not going to start going and finding a thousand Facebook pages right now maybe at the now does it play a role at the very end when you know it's between you and three other people now when you have it that narrowed potentially you know uh yeah. you never know what's gonna set a recruiter a hiring manager apart and where they're gonna go digging so i would say that in that specific case yes uh, potentially yeah. they could go looking but again, they have to to find you, especially if you're like a John Smith in you know the United States. Like, good luck finding yeah. the right John Smith who yeah. lives in the right place. So, um, so I I don't think it's typical anymore, but it could still happen. So, um, you know, I, don't post things on the internet that you're not okay with other people saying. Yeah. Is what I exactly. always tell people. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you bring up a valid point. So they have to go look. So, is it? Uh, am I right with the assumption then that because I haven't done a resume? I'm going to tell you in a very long time, um, but people don't put their social handles on resumes. Is, is that right then? Because you're, you're saying that you have to go and find those people. Right. Typically, I'd say most people don't put their social handles on resumes unless they're maybe in like the digital marketing sphere or yeah. something that's going to be like more directly yeah. related to social media. Yeah. Generally not um, besides the LinkedIn. I do see yeah. LinkedIn a lot on resumes at the top right. with their information, but typically not other kinds of social media. Interesting, interesting. So tell us this time when you got a resume across your desk that you went, holy shit, does this person have it going on? Like you got a stack of resumes and you looked at that one and went like, it literally jumped out of the stack. What was different about that resume versus most resumes? So for me, it's got the right mix of, um, you know, white space to, you know, ink on the page. It's clean. Yeah. Like when you look at it in that first moment, it's attractive. Your resume needs to be polished, well laid out, but not overly busy. You don't want too many colors and too many distractions. It's about finding that right balance of neatness versus uniqueness. Um, yeah. so it, it was laid out really well. Um, and loyalty and trajectory are going to be very obvious on those resumes that jump out to me as well. So loyalty being, can you stick around at a company? 
You know, are you are you someone who is in it for the long haul in, you know, can can you make an impact and change in where you're at? And can you grow? You know, we love to see growth on a resume. If we see you go from like assistant manager to general manager to regional manager, that is like that's amazing, you know, because it shows that you can be taught. You want to learn, you want to yeah. grow, you you yeah. are teachable and you can stick around. And yeah. those are the kinds of things we want to see. And that's not to say that if you have hops, you know, on your resume that you're not going to be a qualified candidate. You know, if you're a contract worker, we understand that contracts are six months to a year. You know, make yeah. sure you specify that on your resume so yeah. it's understood why you're jumping so much. And by no means do I advocate for someone to stay in a role where they're unhappy. You know, if you've been somewhere for six months and your boss is horrible, leave. You know, don't don't stay there yeah. just because you're worried about how it's going to look. But I would say try not to make it a pattern if you can and, and try to stick around and really show your impact at places because that's going to set you apart. Excellent. Excellent. So any last minute tips or advice about one, creating content or two, how to really overcome any setback that you have in your life, regardless of what it is? Yeah. So in regards to creating content, I think the biggest hang up for a lot of people is that they're afraid to look dumb. They're afraid to look dumb and they're worried what people are going to think or worried that they don't have anything to say. And I'm here to tell you right now that you have things to say that just because it's LinkedIn doesn't mean that everything that you talk about has to be 100% geared towards your job or professional um, in that sense. Obviously, we don't talk about the taboo things. I always tell people generally, you know, you want to avoid religion. You want to avoid anything sexual. You want to avoid anything political. Um, you know, stay away from those subjects because LinkedIn really is a professional network and, and we don't really talk about those sorts of things. But other than that, when it comes to real life things like sadness, emotion, um, you know, the up, general ups and downs of life, you know, feel free to share that with others. That, that's your content right there. You know, most of the time, some people, you know, have their whole social media planned for the whole week and things like that. Truly, I wake up every morning uh, besides videos, which I do shoot a lot of the time uh, ahead of time. But besides that, like when I'm posting, I wake up that morning and I decide what I want to write about. I, I think to myself, I'm like, what's on my heart today? And I'll think about what happened at work yesterday. And I'll be like, you know what, that that lack of communication between me and that other person, that really sucked. Let me talk about communication because I think that um, this is something that I need to share with other people today. So it's really as simple as deciding something that you want to share with others and giving your thoughts on it um, and just getting some engagement going. You'd yeah. be surprised yeah. how much uh, traction that can give you. Well, and here's the other thing too, Jennifer, that I, I think too, that people have a misconception of. Uh, you know, stick up to one topic, right? When when you press record, you know, if you're if you're talking about communication and an experience that happened, stick to that one topic, talk about it. And if it's two minutes, if it's five minutes, doesn't really matter. And then turn it off until you start to get more and more and more comfortable with doing it. And all of a sudden it just becomes second nature to you because you're just so familiar with with you know, verbal diarrhea, if you will, uh, in front of the camera. So I think, you know, Hank Norman, who's a, a gentleman out of New York who has a company called Two Market Media, and he teaches people. He's the brainchild behind Grant Cardone and Mel Robbins and, and Steve Harvey and so forth. And, and one of the best pieces of advice that he ever gave me was he said, press record, even if it's for 15 seconds you're still pressing record and that's valuable. And the more and more and more you do it and the more repetitive and the more you practice, the easier and easier and easier it'll get, it will get. And 100%. so 
that's just been my motto and what I teach my clients as well is just continue to press record. But live is, you know, it's a, it's a crazy thing because everybody's paying money for lead generation. And I would like to know your thoughts on this. You know, there are Facebook ads and, and Instagram and Google AdWords and all these, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars out in the world on these ads when you can press record and you've got 15 people right at your fingertips to have a conversation with, which is way more engaging, which is much easier to generate leads from and leads being conversations with people, connections with people, because you and I both know we do, people don't buy products and services, people buy people. And people buy relationships and people buy connection and trust, right? They, you know, I've got a, a product and somebody else has a product. But if I have the relationship, I'm more than likely going to win the work of that person because of the relationship, not because of price. And so live is a great way to build audience and awareness and conversation, especially now. It's so easy to do with, with things like StreamYard. Oh yeah, no, I agree 100%. This is a great tool. Everyone should be taking advantage of it. Um, yeah. You know, if you if you do your social media right and you put yourself out there in the right way, um, you may yeah. not even need to advertise because the the leads will come to you. People will want to associate with you because they they trust you and your brand. So I yeah. agree, definitely 100%. And really, the only cost, Jennifer, is our time, right? Yes. Yeah. 100 time and maybe a little bit of your ego if. Uh, if things don't go your way, but uh, but no. Other than that, it doesn't cost you anything. I have, a, I have a client, and she's just releasing her book next week, and it's called "Inhale Abundance, Exhale the Bullshit." And one of her chapters is called "Lego the Ego." The oh, ego. I love it. And exactly yeah. that—you got to put your ego to the side, right? And just go forward and go forward and not perfection. You know, that's one of my you know, and let loose. Those those are things that you just. You have to just take a deep breath and, and go for it. How bad do you want it? Yeah, no, I definitely agree. That's one of my favorite sayings. Done is better than perfect. You know, get yeah. it done and, and stop, yeah. stop mulling it over, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, very good. Thank you very much, Jennifer, for joining me today and talking a little bit about, you know, your, your singing career that's about to come again you're <laughs> at google and and you know the struggles and the challenges that you had to face and overcome to get there and and uh everything i you know i wish you only wealth and happiness moving forward because i'm looking forward to how your career blossoms thank you so much i appreciate it and thank you for having me this was great i hope everyone out there uh connect with me on linkedin and happy happy holiday season Absolutely. So thank you very much. And you can find Coffee with Lisa on Apple Podcasts or subscribe at coffeewithlisa.com. Bye for now.